Hey there, everyone. It's Maria here with the Thought Spiral Podcast. And it looks like it's been a little while since I uploaded an episode. Um, We've kind of been, you know, busy with work. We've had some priorities uh, where work is considered and, you know, just some things we needed to focus on a little bit more than we did normally. Um, You know, we have a lot of kind of trips coming up in the next couple months And we actually took a trip randomly to North Carolina last week just to decompress um, because we're both kind of feeling, and it might be a seasonal thing, maybe everybody's feeling it, um, just a little stressed, overwhelmed, you know, overworked, uh, anxious, you know, for he and I, we've got a lot going on and the wedding planning department and the financial department that we're trying to line everything up um, while still, you know, remembering we have a year here and So a lot of what's been culminating has made me feel a lot more anxious than I have in the past. And, you know, I've noticed here in the past few months that my anxiety or the way that, you know, my body reacts to my anxiety has changed significantly. You know, I notice a lot of a lot of different things um, that I didn't notice before. And I think that's in part due to the fact that, you know, I work from home I'm a lot more isolated, you know, than I have ever been um, over the past three years. And I think that that has a big impact on how I feel, you know, mentally, uh, you know, physically. And, you know, that's just something I wanted to touch on today is is living with anxiety. What does that mean? Um, You know, what does it mean to me? I base a lot of stuff on my personal experiences, as I mentioned before, and you know, anxiety comes along with a lot of other things. You know, for me, particularly, I know it's the PTSD aspect. I know it's the childhood trauma. You know, all of that is kind of mixed into one thing um, to where, you know, over the years staying silent for so long and not sharing or only sharing, you know, with professionals, certified professionals, um, I, I learned my body, my mind learned how to cope with it Um, which was, you know, creating this leveling of constant anxiety. And, you know, I I don't know if it has something to do with age. Um, You know, I will be 38 this year. My mind does not feel 38. Um, My body sometimes feels 38. Uh, But, you know, I just haven't, I don't think I've fully wrapped my mind around like I'm going to be 40 soon. Um, And so, you know, the things that I notice a lot more when I'm sitting at home, you know, or when I'm planning to do something is how quickly the levels of anxiety rise for me and how they manifest physically um, in my body to which, you know, I'm so focused on, well, now I'm leaving the house and, you know, I'm going to be around people. I'm going to have to sit in traffic. I'm going to have to drive. People drive really bad in this area. You know, it turns into this whole thought spiral that, you know, just increases everything. My blood pressure is up. I'm sweating all over the place. You know, I, I always had issues with sweating, um, really just under my arms. And and this might be too much information, but I feel like it's it's valid. Um, you know, to where I I was prescribed different things to try to stop the sweating um, and told, you know, oh, you have hyperhidrosis. But hyperhidrosis is actually a symptom of 
some anxiety and, you know, stress, high stress related situations. Um, you know, I was diagnosed with PTSD a long time ago at this point, And I'm happy to see that as a society, we're getting to the point where people are sharing, you know, their experiences, they're sharing their traumas, they're sharing, you know, how they deal with stress and anxiety in their lives. And, and they're trying to find solutions, you know, about how to deal with it, you know, how to get through every day. Um, for me personally, I've never been a medication type of person. Um, when I first started going to the VA, you know, back in 2006, when I first got out of the Marine Corps, the VA was quick to diagnose me and tell me I was mildly, cl mildly clinically depressed, um, you know, and, and of course tried to provide me with antidepressants. And, you know, at the time I was seeing a psychologist and, you know, I said, if you prescribe me that, I'm going to throw it away. It's just not an option that I really have ever wanted to have. Um, you know, I think when it comes to different disorders, depression, bipolar, uh, borderline personality, even PTSD, um, you know, anxiety issues, uh, panic anxiety disorder, I feel like I can speak on these things only because I have a lot of people in my immediate family who deal with a lot of mental health issues that manifest into severe anxiety or depression you know, or panic states. Um, you know, for me, the whole antidepressant thing, it just never interested me. I've gone through phases in my life of drinking. Um, you know, I never did drugs, any super hard drugs. When I, a few years after I got out of the Marine Corps, I probably smoked a little bit of marijuana, <laughs> you know, um, and it really, it did help me relax and just kind of focus on the now, but I didn't want to be dependent on that. So it's not something that I do or have done probably in about 10 or 15 years at this point. But, you know, I, I tried to find other ways to cope with the anxiety and I stayed really busy for a long time. Um, you know, when I moved to upstate New York, I, I really found a niche there, um, that I truly enjoyed, you know, I was working out every probably six days a week. I was hiking, you know, doing yoga. I had a good circle of friends. I was going out. I was kind of my best self at that point. And so the anxiety didn't come as often. Um, the one, I remember the one bout of like severe anxiety that actually led to an outbreak of shingles. Shingles at 32, I think. Um, was due to like relationship stress uh, and relationship anxiety, you know, um, just being in a, being with someone who was unfaithful and, and kind of dealing with that. And that's where I realized like, holy crap, you know, stress and anxiety and all this stuff wreak havoc on your body. And so I really focused to not allow that to be such a staple in my life. But, you know, since moving back to Virginia, since reuniting with my ex, um, you know, I've, I spend a lot of time not focused on myself to where when I lay down at night, I can only focus on myself. You know, I'm not doing anything. I have no purpose. I need to lose weight, but I don't want to exercise. Am I going to fit into my wedding dress in October? Do I need to go get it, you know, tailored? 
Am I pretty enough? You know, and, and I go through this whole thing that just becomes an anxiety ridden mess, you know, and then there I am, you know, 10 o'clock at night, sweating profusely in my bed, trying not to disturb my fiance. My dog just fell on the floor. So that was a thud that you heard because um, she's a maniac. But, you know, just kind of realizing more and more every day how in being in this kind of isolating position that I'm in with working from home and and just being with dogs all day, I'm starting to notice all of the changes within my body. And And I don't know if I'm going through changes, you know, because I will be 40, or if it's just, you know, there's so much time, so much empty time throughout my day, so much quiet time that I'm feeding into the anxiety, maybe. But, you know, a lot of people deal with anxiety. You know, my my sisters and my mom all have pretty serious diagnoses, you know, for mental health issues. And so they all deal with those issues in different ways. My my older sister, she gets more of a depressed, um, you know, state. Or sad, maybe not even super depressed, but she gets really sad and and she gets emotional where my middle sister is a very angry, anxious person, you know, so she kind of thinks very irrationally. She acts very rashly, you know, and my mom is the dweller of that whole crew. So she will, when she's feeling any state of anxiety or, you know, she actually has panic anxiety disorder. When she's in those moments, she's dwelling on things that have happened, you know, that happened 20, 30 years ago. And so, you know, for me, my anxiety is never at that high of a level, but I've noticed that, you know, it definitely like goes through the roof when I am thinking about going somewhere or meeting somebody somewhere or having, you know, a friend date or, you know, my, my fiance and I might have to go grocery shopping and I'm already, you know, sweating like, oh, this is going to be, you know, this whole ordeal, this whole production just to get groceries. And so my, my reason for even talking about this is, is not only to share, but to maybe help you know, myself, get a little bit of clarity, like, what do I need to do to feel better or to not feel so anxious? And, you know, that's really the whole purpose sometimes of what I talk about on here. Um, You know, anxiety, I think, comes in like a lot of different forms, you know, Um, a lot of, you know, I, I know like personally my mom, she cries, you know, or gets angry or gets upset. Um, but like for me, I just, I isolate. I, I really alienate myself, you know, from everything and everyone. And I'm not an extroverted person by nature, but I become like 10 times more introverted. You know, I, <laughs> my dogs are so obnoxious. I, uh, might get dressed and, you know, put a full face of makeup on and be like, all right, today I'm going to go do this. I never leave the house. You know, I just kind of sit here and look out the window every five minutes, like, all right, I'll leave in 30 minutes. And then when that 30 minutes goes by, okay, well, it's only 1230. So it's still early. I'll leave it in, in an hour, you know, and that hour becomes two hours. And then next thing you know, six o'clock at night, I'm not going anywhere. Um, but it's kind of one of those things that I'm just sometimes, 
you know, stuck in that moment. What I've been trying to do lately, because I know all of the fundamentals of getting yourself out of, you know, pulling yourself out of not a depression type of state, but just kind of brightening your mood, feeling better about life and yourself. And I've been trying to be a little more active where our dogs are concerned because we now have three dogs and, you know, they need exercise, especially the newest one. Um, So what I try to do is go for walks, um, take them to the park, sometimes go for a run. I'm saying all the key words and my dog is over here looking at me like, yes, we already did that today. Um, But that's what I've been trying to do is just focus on ways that kind of boost my mood a little bit. Um, And, you know, that's really because I don't want to be on any kind of prescription medication. I don't, I'm not doing drugs. I'm actually not drinking right now. Um, Not for any reason, except I just felt like I was drinking out of boredom, um, you know, during the week or on the weekends. And I just don't like the feeling of alcohol anymore. You know, so I've been really trying to focus on what, what are better ways to kind of deal with the constant anxiety that I live in from day to day. And, and what does it mean to everybody? What does it mean to me? And there's no answer, I don't think, um, for why somebody feels anxious. It's just, uh, it becomes an inherent response to the circumstances that have shaped who we are, you know, shaped our identity. You know, sometimes I'll be with my fiance and I'll say, I'm I'm feeling anxious. And he's like, why? You know, and I can't really explain, explain it. I'm just like, I don't know. I just feel anxious about... I guess, going out or doing what we're about to do, um, you know, and I think that's that's true for a lot of people. You know, seasonally, it could be what it is, too, because we're sick of the cold weather. You know, everybody's ready for warmer weather, sunshine, and here in Virginia, it's not only cold during these months, but it's cold and rainy. You know, we don't get a whole lot of snow, so you don't really get to enjoy the season. You're just kind of miserable and gloomy. You know, it's cloudy days and gray days and rain and dealing with dogs going out in the rain and mud. And it just, it's a little bit stressful time of year, um, especially where we live right now. So I, I wonder if that has to do with maybe why I'm so aware of the anxiety, you know, that I feel on a daily basis. But, you know, for, for what it's worth, I think that, I think having some level of anxiety is probably beneficial, you know, um, like maybe feeling nervous before a big meeting. Um, you know, I, I had a proposal meeting, I actually had to draft a proposal that took, you know, over 45 days between my two supervisors because everybody has different ideas and opinions, um, you know, so a lot of the stress left me last week or that anxiety left last week because we were done with that meeting. Finally, you know, the meeting happened, we discussed what we needed to discuss, got some really good feedback and it was over. But you know, for me, then it was on to the next thing. Okay, feel good this day, felt okay the next day and then realize, okay, well now my focus has to go somewhere else. And that was wedding stuff, you know, and, and I don't know if anyone out there listening is married or is planning to get married or got married a long time ago. It is such an expensive, stressful situation, period. Um, you know, we're doing 
a very inexpensive wedding. We're trying to not spend any money, um, but um, you know, we may we're looking at at the most spending two to three thousand dollars, and that includes you know tuxedos um, or tuxedo for him, you know, just cake basics that that you need for a wedding. You know, venue is family farm, a friend of a, our family's farm. And, you know, everybody else's houses and such. My dog is licking his leg, like, ridiculously. So you're going to hear that. Um, But, you know, we've really... I went from one thing that I was stressing about to that being over to stressing now about wedding to stressing out about money. Um, You know, and I just noticed that everything in life is constantly noisy. And how do we ever find a quiet moment that we don't feel anxious or nervous or upset or stressed out or overwhelmed or whatever. You know, when can we just find a peaceful moment in our lives? And you're not going to find it unless you create it for yourself. What I've been trying to do is get back to my little hippie ways, you know, because my fiance says I'm a hippie. So I'm trying to get back to burning my incense, you know, doing some stretches, watching uh, videos that just kind of, you know, get my mind in another place. I I try to walk with the dogs. I try to get out and just enjoy nature and sights and sounds. And it might last for five minutes. It might last for five hours. But I think the most important step is to find a space that's your own. And so, you know, we have our, we rent a really big old house that has a lot of rooms. So we each decided to take one of the bedrooms and make an office for ourselves. So my office, you know, I work from home, so it is used on a daily basis, but I have decided to make that office my space, you know, and we've been talking about decorating it. You know, there's certain ideas that I want to incorporate in there to make it a more peaceful place that's just mine. Um, you know, my fiance hates the smell of incense. Uh, so I burn incense in there. You know, I, I listen to my Native American music or whatever kind of instrumental music that I like that grounds me. And I just try to get back to the things that I used to do, you know, say five years ago at this point, five years ago, six years ago, um, that just used to make me feel more balanced and centered. Because I think that everybody lives in a state of anxiety, whether it's like full-blown, you know, agoraphobia, like I don't want to leave my house, or whether it's maybe more mild, like social anxiety. Um, Social anxiety can be crippling for people, so I'm not saying that social anxiety is mild uh, in general. I just think that, you know, there's certain levels of all of those different types of anxiety that kind of, you know, manifest themselves in different ways in different people. Um, you know, so for me, like my only advice is if you're dealing with anxiety, I've always, um, you know, reached out if I needed, if I felt like I was at a point where I couldn't get through any anxiety or mental health stuff myself, I'll make an appointment, you know, with the VA, I'll call and say, ask for a referral for mental health. And if you're a person like me who doesn't want to be prescribed anything, I always ask for a social worker, um, you know, because it's your, it is your choice who you speak to and, and on what level you speak to them to and, you know, what services they provide for you. So for me, 
a social worker or case manager, I think is the term that we're using nowadays. A case manager is what works for me. I need somebody just that I can talk to, you know, bounce some stuff off of that doesn't have, you know, preconceived notions about some diagnosis that isn't going to tell me, oh, you're just depressed. Here's some meds. You know, I need somebody who's going to have a valuable conversation with me and really just help me get to the solution by myself because that's what case managers or social workers do. They're not there to prescribe. They're not there to dictate. They're not there to, you know, control your feelings. They're there to listen and kind of talk with you through it. So, you know, that's always been my go-to is, yeah, if I could could have an appointment um, with mental health, I prefer, you know, a licensed social worker, Um, And I've never had an issue with that. I don't know because I don't use my my regular health insurance for, you know, civilian doctors. I well, civilian doctors are at the VA, but I use the Department of Veterans Affairs for pretty much all of my medical, um, you know, issues. And I've never had it. I've never had a problem. You know, they've, they've never told me, oh, well, you sound depressed. I think you need to see a psychiatrist. That's never happened. Um, and I, when I feel those moments and I call and I schedule those appointments, I usually only go to about two or three. Most of the time, what I've learned over the years, I started going to therapy really when I was um, probably right after I got out of the military and then continued on in some, you know, military capacities and some civilian capacity. Um, you know, I've, I've learned a lot over the years that I've talked to so many different social workers. And that is that you usually have the answer. If you're a person like me who, again, doesn't want to be prescribed, I don't need a label, you know, I just want to work through some stuff and I just want somebody to validate that what I'm feeling is legitimate, what I'm feeling is normal. Um, you know, I've learned that social workers do that for me. It's like having an unbiased friend, um, you know, that you can just be a hundred percent open and honest with. And if you find good ones, you know, I've had good ones, I've had bad ones. Um, but if you find someone that you really vibe with, you know, in that circumstance, it's going to be really beneficial for you. Um, you know, and that, that's kind of my only advice in all of this is, you know, it's hard to talk to family members or significant others or siblings because everyone in your life has a biased opinion. You know, everyone in your life supports you. Even if they think you're wrong, they're not going to tell you that. (laughs) You know, even if they think you're making a bad choice, they're not going to tell you that. At least not all of them. Um, You know, I know that I can talk to certain things to certain people or about, I can talk about certain things to certain people in my life you know, where I can talk to my sister about maybe more relationship stuff. I can't talk to my middle sister about it because she doesn't have a good relationship. So she's going to be biased, you know. And so those are, that's just one example, but I think you get the gist of what I'm saying. You know, I think it's important to remember that you have to take care of yourself. Um, I think I've forgotten that here lately, just because with my fiance, his work he's obligated a lot. He's got a lot of obligations. He's got to be there. You know, he doesn't have to be there as early as he is, but he is, you know, that's just the schedule that works for him. So I spend a lot of time alone. Um, you know, but I, 
but I spend a lot of my time alone focusing on what needs to get done to support him so that when he gets home, he doesn't have to kind of deal with this every day, you know, all these everyday little things like the dogs or the kitchen, the dishes, the laundry. And I get lost in that stuff. And so I just kind of go through those motions. And then every once in a while, I have an epiphany like, God, I haven't done anything for myself. And so I felt like that last week, even though we decided to take a trip together, that Friday that I had off, I decided, you know what, I'm, I'm dressed. I had to take one of the dogs to the vet. So I was dressed for the day, makeup on, hair did, you know, the whole thing. And I got home and I bullshitted probably for like two hours. I was making TikToks, you know, I was just bored. And I'm like, you know what, I need to leave the house. I want to go look for a sweater. We were supposed to take some pictures um, on Saturday with our dogs. Our friends were going to do some uh, photos for us. But I was like, I'm just going to go look for a sweater. And I ended up thinking to myself, you know what? Every time I want to do something, I don't do it. And then my fiance tells me, go do, you know, if you see something you want, just buy it. Stop worrying so much about, you know, spending X amount of money. You know, we make, we make good money. We do have priorities, but you can treat yourself sometimes. And so that's what I did. I went out Friday. I felt, I felt really cute because I had my new Nikes on And I realize how old I sound saying that, but they're really cute, like pink Nikes that I bought um, the weekend before because we treated ourselves together. But I was like, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go out. I'm going to look for a sweater. I actually treated myself to breakfast, sat down and I don't take headphones with me. That's just not my thing. So I sat down at Panera and I had a cup of coffee. I had breakfast. I kind of people watched. And then I went over to like Home Goods and Marshall's. And I found all these cute sweaters on clearance. And I was like, what the heck? I'm, I feel like treating myself today. And it felt really good because, again, I don't leave the house. And I, for whatever reason, I think just being active during the week, you know, walking the dogs and running, I felt like I can do this. Like, I can be out. Why don't I go out? Now, I was out at like 930 in the morning. So before stores even opened, but the, the matter, the principle is that I went out and I did something for myself. And I did feel anxiety, but for whatever reason, that day I was just focused on enjoying my time by myself that everybody I interacted with was so freaking polite and nice. And so I'm gonna end this with with this point. When we look at the world negatively, when we wake up in the morning and we're, we're focusing on, I'm tired, the dog kept me up last night. It's It was too hot in here. How did the alarm, like, how is it already 5.30? When we focus on those, on all of those negatives that can impact us throughout the day, they do, you know? And that's where, like, first thing in the morning or before you go to bed, you have to consciously be aware of, like, I'm going to sleep good tonight. And and it's all about like that manifesting thing and putting stuff out there. And I tell my fiance all the time, don't put that out there, put that out there. But you know, waking up in the morning, being glad that I got eight or nine hours of sleep, even though I had a dog between my legs and just focusing on being positive for that day, I think is the biggest, the biggest takeaway from being a person who lives in a state of anxiety like I do. You know, I I really have to make a conscious effort every single day to not focus on the bad crap that happens, you know, all before I get to work. 
Um, you know, and I, I say this now and in hindsight, a few, maybe like 30 minutes ago, I was sitting on the recliner and I'm like, why does my butt feel wet? And it's because we have an old dog and she peed on the recliner, on the leather recliner, our brand new couch that we got that is like destroyed already. And I got so infuriated. I was like, you know, cursing every expletive in the book. And I'm like, damn, you know, go outside. Why are you peeing on the couch? And then as I sit here recording this episode, not focused on any of that, I realize, you know what? What are we going to do? She's old. She can't really hold her bladder anymore. You know, she has cancer. I can't really be mad about her peeing on a couch because I can replace the couch, but I can't replace her. And so that's the way that you have to look at things. And, and I know this, you know, I'm 37 years old. I know all these tricks. I know all these tips. But sometimes I need a refresher. And I think sometimes all of us need a refresher. Like, how do we start over? How do we maybe not focus on this for this one time in our lives? Like, I live with anxiety. I just want to live one day just happy, happy-go-lucky, you know, whatever. So I feel like I'm rambling. I'm going to wrap this up. But, you know, anxiety sucks. You know, stress sucks. Depression sucks. All of that shit sucks ass. <laughs> and excuse my language, but that I don't have any other way to put it. I just have to put it plainly because I see it. I see how it impacts people in my life. But do the work, you know, be mindful Google, YouTube, whatever, you know, how to be more positive, how to feel more positive, how to deal with anxiety. Um, I like TikTok because people share their stories on there. And sometimes I'm like, wow, I never thought of that situation in that way. And I experienced it too. And so, you know, just try to be better about taking care of yourself and finding things that work for you and that work for, you know, the, the type of mental health issues that you have. Um, with that, I'm going to say love and light to you all. This episode is 30 minutes, which I didn't expect uh, to record today. So, you know, I hope everyone has a great rest of the week. Um, I hope you find peace in whatever it is, you know, that might be stressing you out or, or overwhelming you or making you anxious right now. And know that there's always something better, you know, there's always something better you can do with your time and with your energy and with your thoughts. If that means reaching out to a friend, if that means taking yourself out on a date, if that means sitting in your backyard and just watching the trees blow in the wind, do that. See ya.